The Once and Future Nerd Book One, Princes of Jordan Chapter One, The Prince of Jordan Episode Two It was a little before dusk when Jen began to stir. She was the first of the three to come to, as they had all suffered quite a fall, you remember. She sat up, bruised in places she didn't realize could bruise. Billy? Hey, hey, Billy. Uh, oh, oh, Nelson? Are you all right? Where the hell are we? From the looks of it, a wooded area in a northern temperate zone. Oh, these, these trees are so pretty. <clears throat> Billy? Do we win, coach? Billy, Billy, wake up. Shit. Oh, you, you okay, babe? I don't think I'm hurt, but where are we? Okay, what's the last thing you remember? Your butt cheeks. Billy, taking this as a personal slight, found it in himself to throw a handful of dirt in Nelson's general direction while remaining prone. Kowalski. I remember being in detention with Dennis Kowalski. That freak must have slipped us something. The sun's still up, so I don't think we've been out that long. Oh, shit. What time is it? Going by the sun, it can't be much past six, can it? No, no. Oh, shit. I missed the raid. My guild will be furious. They might kick me out. Billy dragged himself to his feet. Don't worry, Jen. I used to go hunting with my uncle. Now, the sun's setting that way, and the moss is growing that way, which means... I don't know if you can go by that. I think we read in bio class about lots of things determining moss growth, didn't we? Be quiet, Jenny. I need to think. Okay, so what direction from school are the woods? All of them. We're from Nepa. Right. All of them. <gasps> Jen, what? Billy and Nelson shook their heads, no. They all sat in silence for several long seconds as Jen collected herself. I, I could have sworn this log just moved. Don't be silly, babe. You're just- Jen was lifted into the air and thrown down by the log, which, if you hadn't guessed, was in fact a massive serpent with skin like tree bark. The three young travellers looked up, petrified, as the beast poised to strike, when suddenly there was a wet thud. An arrow had embedded itself very deep into the serpent's eye. The creature, to its credit, managed to continue resembling a tree trunk as it crashed to the ground, stiff and dead. Holy shit. We're all right, babe. What the hell was that thing? Maybe we're in New Jersey. What are you doing out here? Bounding down from the trees, bow in hand, came an elf. 
If you've never seen an elf on the hunt, the best I can do by way of description is to ask you to imagine the speed, grace, and strength of a panther was somehow transferred into a man-shaped body. Like all elves, he had pale skin. His long, blonde hair was tied into several beaded braids, as was fashionable at the time for adolescent elves. What are you doing out here? And what in Selberin are you wearing? At 173 years old, this elf, who was called Yiluin, was at a particularly obnoxious stage of elvish adolescence. I've been out here for three days tracking that kill. You nearly scared her off. Wow, this is the best cosplay I've ever seen. I can't even see the seams on your ears. Are those latex or polystyrene? Yes, well... All's well that ends well, I suppose. She'll still make a very fine trophy. He knelt by the head of the snake and unsheathed a golden hunting knife of elven design. As Billy pulled Jen aside for a private conversation, Nelson noticed the ornate carvings on Yiluin's bow. That bow is amazing. Where's it from? The sacred wood of the White Forest. Is that that kiosk at the mall in Scranton? Yiluin began to saw through the neck of the serpent with his knife. Now, at that time, Yiluin was serving as Kaltir of House Guernatal. Kaltir was what elves called an advisor. Many young elves were keen to acquire these positions, as they made one's petition for membership in the Elven High Council much more attractive. This fact will become relevant to our tale soon enough. So what's your read on this guy? Is he like a psycho or what? Nah, he's one of those backwoods survivalists. They're not all bad, just a little off. I can hear you perfectly well. The fact that elves can hear exceptionally well is also relevant to our tale. Having never met an elf before, though, Billy still believed he was talking to a strange man with deformed ears, and Yiluin's eavesdropping caught him off guard. Okay, let me guess. You're in some kind of militia or something? My clan has a proud military tradition, if that's what you're asking. Nelson, honey, you want to take a few steps back from the heavily armed clansmen? And I bet you and all your kin can trace your lineage back to the Civil War. Yiluin was at Billy with a forearm on his throat. What do you know of Civil War? Whoa, 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 I think you meant the War of Northern Aggression, didn't you, Billy? So the attack will come from the North. Leaf of Felgear? I knew I never liked that bastard. What the hell are- How did you come by this knowledge? Speak while you're still able. Please don't kill my boyfriend, mister. We really don't know anything about this Leaf guy. We just want to get back to school in one piece. Yiluin relaxed his grip just enough for Billy to speak. (coughs) Choose your words very carefully, human, for they may mean your life. What knowledge do you have of civil war? Yiluin stared back in confusion. Cautiously, he further relaxed his grip on Billy. Where did you study history? Valley Central High? After sizing the three humans up for a few seconds, the elf let Billy go. 
They all stood around for a moment, as the proper etiquette for this particular situation was unknown to them all. So where are we right now? You're in lands claimed by His Majesty Gunther Gwernatal, High King of the Human Realms of Jordan. Is that a new expansion pack? Why don't we... Jen, let me handle this. You think you could point us to the nearest town without going schizo on me? I'm heading that way myself. I suppose I could escort you, since you're obviously in no place to defend yourselves. What the hell does that mean? It means you were very nearly a serpent supper, human. Speaking of which, as long as you're heading back to town with me, would you mind helping me with that? So it came to pass that the three humans found themselves walking down a path on the edge of the woods, with Billy and Nelson dragging the body of the serpent behind them by some leather straps. Yillowin strode in front, with the serpent's head under one arm, and looking very satisfied. Billy and Nelson looked considerably less satisfied. You sure you don't want my help? Don't, don't be silly, babe. Nelson, are you pulling it all? Come on, man. Well, not all of us were made to feel welcome in the school weight room. The great spire of Castle Gwernatal appeared over the horizon. Oh, wow. I didn't know there were any castles in Pennsylvania. After a few more minutes of walking, the four came upon a large boulder. Had the three humans been outdoorsmen, they would have noticed the strangeness of this boulder, as the surrounding land had no large rocks. They did, however, notice the strangeness of the boulder being in a small crater and smeared with dried blood. How was that? Very easy way to kill a bear if you're a dragoness looking to feed her young. This led to some very troubled looks between the humans. What's that they say in that movie with the monkeys? Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. That's the one. It took them about an hour or so to arrive at the outer hold of Gwenmetal Castle. It was a modest village with wooden walls, over which the tall stone walls of the inner hold always loomed. Only a few sideways glances were cast at the giant carcass Billy and Nelson were dragging. That's far enough, thank you. You can put her down. <clears throat> so what's your gamer tag? I can put in a good word for you with my guild if you want. I certainly do not care. Jen looked at Billy and motioned towards the elf in such a way as suggested Billy should talk to him. Billy shrugged in such a way as made clear he hadn't quite got the hang of understanding Jen's wishes. Listen, Mr... My name is Yellowween. Yellowween? Your name's Yellowween? Yellowween. Okay. Well, pleased to meet you. I'm Jennifer. Thank you for walking us back to town. Yes, yes. Merely doing my civic duty as an officer of the King's Court. I can't believe this asshole's name is Yellowween. How many ass-kickings did you get in school? Mr. Yellowine, if you could point us in the direction of Lackawanna, Pennsylvania, we'd sure appreciate it. I've never heard of it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I find the three of you very odd, and I don't much care for your company. He handed Jen a small coin purse. So, 
Buy yourselves a meal or proper clothes or something and leave me alone. Farewell. He hoisted the carcass over his shoulders with no effort and walked off towards the castle. Wait, Mr. Yellowween, we could really use some help getting back home. Sorry, urgent business to attend to. Thanks for nothing, jerk off. There comes a point in every great adventure. The songs and tapestries usually gloss over this part. When the heroes haven't a clue in the world what to do next. This was that moment. Wherever we are, we gotta eat, right? A little while later, they found themselves in a wooden tavern. The sort of place where anyone on the social ladder can get what was at least nominally a meal. The sights and frankly smells of the tavern did nothing to make the three young humans feel more at home. At least it's charmingly quaint. Billy took a seat at the bar and his companions followed suit. They were approached by the barman. What would you care for? Two beers and a milk for the kid. I'll have a mead. The fuck is mead, you weirdo? Nelson then found it necessary to remedy some minor imperfections in his place setting. Anything to eat? Steak. I'll have, uh, whatever the chef recommends, please. How's your mutton? Smelling a bit raw today, I'd go with the pheasant. Under the bar, Billy grabbed the coin purse out of Jen's hand. And uh, keep a little something for yourself. And threw the purse on the bar. What's that? Money? Well, how much is in there? Uh, we're not really from around here. I don't know how the exchange of coin for goods and services is handled where you come from, but around here, things have a price that you pay. You don't just throw an arbitrary amount of money down and forget it. All right, all right. I didn't mean anything by it. Let's just see what you have here. 15, 30, 45, 60. He sized up the travelers once more. 65, 70, 75, that covers it. Did those all look like the same type of coin to you? Be back with the food. He rushed off. Score, they didn't even cart us. At about the same time, Yellowine reached the gates of the inner hold, still carrying his trophy kill effortlessly. Evening, constables. Halt! State your name and purpose and await permission to enter. Pardon? Come no closer or you will be fired upon. I am Caltier to His Majesty's court. What is the meaning of this? Apologies, my lord. His Majesty's orders. No one in or out without his word. Realizing that this was rather irregular, the elf finally put down his snake. Did something happen? The guards looked at each other, shocked that the Caltier had not heard of the recent developments. You haven't, by chance, seen any suspicious strangers around, have you? At which point Yellowin recalled that he had indeed seen three peculiar strangers very recently. It was a few minutes later, and Jen, Billy and Nelson were staring into three flagons of ale which were decidedly warmer and chunkier than they were used to. When the tavern doors burst open, Yellowin marched in followed by a dozen of the castle's garrison, pikes gleaming and at the ready. That's them, Captain. Arrest them. And so it came to pass 
that the three travellers found themselves detained for the second time in one day, and for the first time in their lives at the uncomfortable end of lethal weapons. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira, and directed and edited by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Garrett Armin, Hayes Dunlop, Anya Gibeon, Ian Harkins, Emily Kukuk, Frank Queris, Julie Reed, Perry Strong, and Dylan Uremovich. It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly, with mixing and sound design by Gary O'Keefe, and original score by Tom Lee. Thanks for downloading 